So first things first, uh, talk to me about Justin, uh, Justin Herbert's new haircut. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I just spent a few hours uh, writing about it. It's kind of crazy. I, I, I didn't expect to, to write about a haircut story today, especially, you know, you're covering the NFL football. There's games to be played, and it's only, what, week week 11? But I spent my day on Wednesday writing about a hair for Justin Herbert, and I'm just surprised how, how viral and how crazy it got because, you know, for the Chargers, they're not really in the national news. They're not, they, don't, they don't make splashy headlines, but this haircut story for Herbert just took off, man. Uh, and I kind of felt like, man, should I write something very quick and just post it to the web? And I was like, no, nah, I'll take my time and, and, I'll, and I'll get I'll, I'll get the real story of the haircut. So I really got into detail. And uh, yeah, you know, people are trying to guess that maybe he's being superstitious because they've lost a lot of games, and maybe it's time for a new look and a new haircut. You know, you know, bring a new chapter in his life and get some wins. But I don't think it was really into that. It was more like, you know, we're in a pandemic. You don't really have too many options. There's not a lot of barbers out there who are being safe. So why not have the the coach from the Chargers, the strength and conditioning coach, John Ladu, for for you. It was a mistake. It wasn't a good haircut. I don't <laughs> think uh, Herbert was happy about it. He didn't say that. Uh, but here we are, and Justin Herbert does not have long hair anymore. Okay. Uh, let's talk about his play now. So are you surprised to see him playing this well, and are they surprised within the organization that he's this good this early? Yeah, you know, it's crazy. I know it's only been eight games, but it feels like a long time. Uh, but I feel like Herbert got really good really fast so it feels like you know looking back like it feels like he's a veteran quarterback he's a guy who who's supposed to be good every week we've kind of come to expect that but that game against the miami dolphins last week just when you kind of remember okay this guy's a rookie uh he's gonna see different looks different packages that he's not accustomed to seeing every week so that's when you kind of were, were kind of telling yourself okay he's a rookie uh but i you know i i was surprised at how well he started in those first few games you know, he's kind of being thrown into the fire after Tyrod Taylor got hurt uh, against the Chiefs in week two. And then just kind of get him better every week from there. Before this Miami game, he was getting better in, in every phase from, you know, take, taking downfield shots to being accurate to reading defenses to, you know, limiting the turnovers until, you know, last week kind of took a step back there. But I was surprised with that. I think the Chargers might have been a little surprised themselves because they were trying to have Tyrod Taylor be the quarterback for the whole year. And they, they know he's a, he's a talented guy with the physical tools, but they thought maybe he needed a year of seasoning to kind of learn and watch and and, and get the mental aspect. So I think for them, when Tyra got hurt and, and, and he went out there and he played that well, I think the Chargers are probably surprised themselves. Like, okay, we, we got we got a stud right here, and I think they're probably all happy about it. Okay. So the Chargers are sitting at 2-6 and six right now. I don't want to say that their season is over, but, like, the playoff, it's a, it's a long shot. Let's just say that. Um <laughs> What do the Chargers need to do to set up Justin Herbert to be successful in the future? Good question, because he's doing a lot of things really well right now. But, you know, you got to build around your quarterback and, and make sure he, you're making his life easier, uh, especially at such a young age. He's done a good job of avoiding sacks. Like, the O-line's been, you know, a little shaky, and it feels like everybody wants to draft a left tackle in the draft coming up. And like, like you mentioned, I don't think the playoffs are going to be an option this year. I'm, I'm just going to, you know, Tell how it is and be real. I don't think they're going to go there. Uh, but they might have a, a, a high pick, and you might look into a left tackle. But the crazy thing, the offensive line hasn't been the biggest problem. I feel like Herbert's so good that he's he's, he's making these guys better on offense. The offense hasn't been the problem until last week against Miami. Uh, but you have Keen Allen. You have Mike Williams. Uh, you have Hunter Henry. You have Austin Eckler. So I think you might look on defense for them to kind of build to help them out. 
because of these close games, Justin Herbert has gotten the points, but the defense can't get off the field. So if you're building a lead and the defense can't protect it, you know, it does you no good. So it wouldn't surprise me if they kind of help Herbert with getting a better defense. I think got Joey Bosa and maybe Derwin James healthy. But I think in free agency and in the draft, you got to rebuild this defense because it's crazy. I, I know we were talking in August, maybe, or July, how good this defense is, but they've, they've been anything but that. They've been, you know, they've been hit with injuries, but they've struggled a lot. So I think for them, you know, maybe get a few more playmakers on defense, get some guys that could create takeaways and make life easier for Justin Herbert that way. What do they do at head coach? Yeah, that's kind of the question right now. I know a lot of fans are upset with Anthony and Lynn, uh, but I think for right now, I, I think it's too soon to tell. I, I think it has to be a very bad finish with these final seven games. I think if he goes maybe 3-13, and 13, maybe 4-12, and 12, you might start thinking about him being fired. Uh, but if he goes, if he's competitive towards the end and he gets to maybe six wins, which is not saying much, six and ten, maybe even five and eleven. Hopefully for him, seven and nine, which will be great. Uh, then he'll come back for another year. He has, I think he has one year left on his contract. Maybe he could work something out with the charge and say, hey, I don't, I don't, I haven't earned my extension yet. I don't need to be, you know, have a multi-year contract. I'll play out this final year. I'll get the respect from my locker room. I, I won't be a lame duck coach, and we'll make it work in twenty twenty one. I can see that happening. Uh, where both sides are like, okay, we know we haven't gone anywhere. We like each other. We want to try to make it work for a year. I can see that, but I know the fan base, is, they're just frustrated. They don't want to see Anthony Lynn anymore from the, even the games coming up. They're, they're done with it because the close losses, that's kind of been the reputation for him is the close losses. And sometimes, you know, the good coaches, they stand out in the fourth quarter. They make adjustments. They, they, they have good clock management. And so far, Anthony has not done that, but he is very well-liked. He's beloved in the organization. People love him. He's a great guy. He's a great uh, coach to talk to. Uh, so in the aspect of getting people motivated to play for you, he's great at that. So I think for the rest of the year, you will see a Chargers team competing for Anthony Lynn. So all of a sudden, the Patriots have some life now. They've won two in a row, and they find themselves back in the playoff picture. Uh, we know what their limitations are, and so do they. Can they make a legitimate push to the playoffs? Yeah, you know, that was kind of a surprise win against uh, Baltimore, the Ravens, and, and Cam Newton. You know, he's kind of been struggling this year. And for him to kind of do that in that, that rain, the crazy weather, uh, if they're able to kind of really, you know, you know, work off of him being a running quarterback and just kind of be a smash-mouth old-school thing, I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to push it down the field, which was kind of crazy because I think it was maybe week two where he went kind of toe-to-toe with Russell Wilson, and we started yeah. thinking, hey, maybe Cam even figured it out as a, as a passer, but it, it's kind of the same old Cam where he's going to hurt you with his legs and sometimes with, with his arms. So, uh you know, that division's kind of stacked now. The Bills are looking okay. The Dol- I was really impressed with the Dolphins. I don't just saw them play the, the Chargers, but the Dolphins could, could score in all three phases from special teams to defense uh, to offense. And the, and the Bills, we know what Josh Allen does with Stephon Diggs. But, you know, I think with, with Cam Newton and Bill Belichick, they're going to make it interesting. They're going to probably contend for a wild card spot, but I don't know about that division just yet. Right. So the Steelers are 9-0, best start in franchise history. And we've heard people talk about, well, they haven't really um, beat anyone by like a wide margin prior to the Cincinnati game, or like people brought up um, like holes in like Ben Roethlisberger, which really I don't see that as as a hole with Ben Roethlisberger. Are they closing the gap between them and the Chiefs? It's tough to say because with uh, with 
with Big Ben, he has like his moments where he kind of, you know, throws it back to old Ben, the two-time Super Bowl champion Big Ben. But then there's some games where he looks kind of old and he's, he, maybe he's kind of he's not the same guy. And to ask Big Ben to, to keep up with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense, I don't see that quite yet. But, you know, I, I know they lost one of their stud defensive playmakers on, on defense for the Steelers, but that defense could keep them in games. And, and they could maybe, you know, I, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen the Steelers defense against Patrick Mahomes. And they could slow him down and Big Ben could just do enough. I, I could see it being interesting. And I know the Steelers have beaten the Ravens, have beaten the Titans, so they've, they've shown some quality wins there. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, and it's going to be too much for them. I know the Chiefs lost to the Raiders. They'll have a rematch on Sunday. But, you know, I think the Chiefs are still above everybody else. And I do I, I do take the, the Steelers seriously because of, because of that defense. But to me, I don't know if Big Ben can hold up for, for another, you know, two or three months for, for that long stretch run. Okay. So you you brought up the Dolphins earlier. They've won five in a row, three with two at quarterback. You talked about how they're great on defense, they're great at special teams, and two has been playing well. Do you give them the edge over Buffalo right now? Man, I think so because Buffalo hasn't had a good defense this year. They've they've struggled. Uh, you know, they've been in high scoring games, and, and and it's crazy because the Bills were kind of good at defense last year, so they've kind of taken a step back. But I think it is the Dolphins. They're a complete team, and. That's that special teams to score for you. They have one of the best kickers in Jason Sanders. Uh, those that blitz package with the Dolphins and, and Brian Flores is mastermind who doesn't get enough credit. He's probably the best defensive coordinator in, in football right now, uh, and people just start mentioning that. And but Tua's been efficient. I know he, that could be the weak link. He's a rookie. Uh, he hasn't been asked to do too much. But what I saw in that Arizona game where he kind of went toe to toe with Kyler Murray, that kind of tells me if this guy could step up when when, when you have to. But so far. It's a small sample size. It's not what Justin Herbert has shown or Joe Burrow has done. Uh, but he won't turn the ball over. He's accurate, and that's sometimes what you need uh, to make a playoff run. So a team I still feel like we're not talking enough about is the Raiders. They're 6-3 and three right now. They've won three in a row. They have wins over the Chiefs, Browns, and Saints. Uh, Carr, I know he's thrown for less than 166 yards in those three games that they won in a row. Um, but he's playing turnover free. They're running the ball well with Booker and Jacobs. And they're playing better defense. Could you see this team as a team like the Titans last year, where they kind of surprise us and they make a deep run into the playoffs? You know, I, I would if they had Derrick Henry on that <laughs> roster. I know Josh Jacobs is pretty good, but you know, I, I would I, I could be wrong because, like you mentioned, the Titans surprised me last year. But sometimes when you have this old school uh, smash mouth, control the clock, running game attack, if if you fall behind and you you kind of lose your entire game plan. You lose your identity. And you're playing a team like the Chiefs who are kind of high scoring or whoever else, you know, like like the Steelers, even Big Ben could get up and down the field. But I think for the Raiders, everything has to go right. It has to be their script, their kind of game plan. And that kind of doesn't bode well sometimes in the NFL because it's a passing league. You get shootouts, especially this year. But credit to them when it comes to scripting game plans for one week at a time. And you mentioned the quality wins. They've done that, and sometimes that's enough. You know, you control the clock. You don't let guys like Patrick Mahomes have a lot of possessions. Uh, you're, you're efficient. You make your drives count. Uh, you win the the, the, the field battle, uh, stuff like that, and just don't make mistakes. Like Derek Carr is going to turn the ball over, so sometimes that could be enough. But if you see Derek Carr, you know, trying to push the ball against Big Ben and and even even guys like Ryan Tannehill or, or uh, Patrick Mahomes, it's still, you know, it's tough to see. Or even Lamar Jackson, guys like that. Uh, but the AFC, besides the Chiefs, is kind of close. So 
it wouldn't surprise me to hang around and, and maybe, you know, make a playoff because I really want to see that game on Sunday against the Chiefs, but I know they have a lot of, you know, COVID issues right now, so they might get postponed. Who, who knows? But I think for we'll know for sure how, how for real the Raiders are this week. Okay. Let me get your impressions of Drew Locke. So I know like some other people in the offseason, I was pretty big on him because I saw what they had, what he did like at the end of his rookie year and what they were bringing back in addition to what they added in the draft. He hasn't been that this year. He threw four interceptions on Sunday. He has seven touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Um, was his completion percentage is like 55 and then a pass rating of 65. Um, is he not the answer in Denver? Will John Elway be looking for another quarterback again in the offseason? He might because, uh, you know, it's been such a long search for, for Denver that he might get antsy. He thought he had something in Drew Locke, and now it turns out that maybe he doesn't. So he because he, he tends to do that. He, you know, he signs the quarterbacks, he, he drafts them, and when it don't work, he kind of gives up, gives, up, gives up on them pretty quickly. Uh, but it's a surprise that Drew Locke is not doing that well. You know, a guy, he's very confident. Uh, he, 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 you know, if he could just be efficient and limit the turnovers, it could be okay. He's, he's, in, he's talented, but maybe he's rushing the injuries too. He, he had an injury earlier this year, I think it was a shoulder thing, and he came back after two games. Maybe thought he was forcing that. Uh, but covering the Chargers and watching the Broncos, it seems like every time Drew Locke plays the Chargers, he has his best game. So <laughs> for me, I have a better imp- impression of Drew Locke. But when you tell me those numbers and those turnovers and those stats, it, it, it doesn't look good. Uh, but also, he, he's had some injuries, too, from his playmakers. Uh, Cortland Sutton, one of the best wide receivers, I think, in the NFL. He hasn't been around all year. Uh, Jerry Judy's a, a rookie, uh, but he's still been okay, and, and he has KJ Hamler and some other guys. Uh, the O-line's kind of a little shaky, and the defense is not the same. So it's not just all Drew Locke. So I think at the end of the day, John Elwood will, will take a, a close look because I don't think you should give up on him just yet. You know, you know, I think there's some potential there. Um uh, and and just see how it kind of goes for another year or two. Okay. Oh, a two year or two. Hey, that, those rookie contracts. Yeah. You know, sometimes you overpay for guys, and it doesn't do too well in the cap. So he's got a rookie contract. You're okay with it. That's true. No, those are those are all fair points. So division title hopes are slim to none for the Ravens right now. They're is I think three back of now of the Steelers. They lost to New England on Sunday. Lamar Jackson. He didn't. He didn't play that bad, really. Like, considering, well, they were in rain, and then if you look at his stats overall, he didn't really play that bad, but he is going to receive a lot of criticism, and um, some of it is rightfully so, but do you think that we're being too hard on Lamar Jackson this year? Because I don't think, I know we wanted to see more improvements in the passing game, but looking at his stats from last year, it, I don't think it was a realistic expectation to, ha- to really expect him to do the same thing again this year. Yeah, it's kind of like what Patrick Mahomes did a couple of years ago where he kind of broke out and had like almost 60 touchdowns. Like you can't expect that type of, type of thing, you know, back-to-back years. Uh, and what Lamar did uh, last year was pretty crazy. But, you know, uh, for him, you know, I, th- I think it, it goes deeper than that. We know he's not a, a crazy passing numbers guy. He's, he's, he's going to run like kind of like Cam Newton, a better version of Cam Newton, I think, as a passer uh, and, and more explosive with his legs. But... We forget. I know. I know. He just lost his left tackle, Ronnie Stanley. That's gonna hurt for the rest of the year, I think. Uh, and they just don't seem the same. But you know, you know, I think they're going. Last year they played a lot of two tight end sets or three tight end sets. Like those extra tight ends to block, and those are kind of potentially be playmakers. 
and you're, you're trying to guess if Lamar's going to run or not, that was big for them last year, that guessing game. Mm-hmm. It, it's not really there anymore. And then the receivers are not that great. I know they got mm-hmm. uh, Hollywood Brown, and it's okay. But other than that, I can't really name one right now on top of my head. Uh, I know they try to. I know they really like Mark Andrews. So they traded a Hurst to the Falcons, but sometimes you need two tight ends to make it work with that running kind of formula you have, yeah. and they don't have that right now. So I think, um, you know, for I think it's more on John Harbaugh. Like go back to what you were doing in 2019. Get that right personnel and scheme around uh, Lamar Jackson. You know, I mean, he, he did a great job the first two years with Lamar and kind of building around him. But I feel like they kind of went away from that. This year, maybe because he was the MVP a year ago, and they probably thought they could do a little more without having everything kind of the, a perfect fit around him. Uh, but if they go back to that, and also if they feed J.K. Dobbins a little more, I have one of my fantasy teams. And I feel like they're never giving the ball to J.K. And I'm like, you know, Mark Ingram, he's, a, he's an okay running back, but he's kind of a little older. Give the young guy something, you know, get a spark somehow in there. Uh, but I don't, I, I think it is maybe a little too harsh on Lamar because. You know who he is. He's a dual third quarterback, and you got to work around that. It seems like the Ravens kind of went away from that. Okay. Um, let's go to the AFC South. So the Titans, they've struggled recently, and they, we just saw they just lost to the Colts. But I know a lot of people have concerns about the Colts. Their roster looks good. Their rookies have looked good. But the quarterback position is a lot of is like is a big question mark. Well, you've seen Phil Rivers yeah. for however many years that he was there uh, in San Diego and in L.A., what is your? What do you think of the, with the Colts? Like, what is their ceiling? I was pretty impressed with them last week on Thursday Night Football, uh, where they kind of dismantled the Titans. Uh, but I think their ceiling is, you know, how Philip Rivers does. If he's the same, you know, turnover prone Philip Rivers from a year ago with the Chargers, you're not gonna get too far with that type of offense and that type of scheme. That defense is gonna win you some games. So if you just kind of protect the ball. You know, get get roughly around twenty to twenty four points. I, I, that's that's enough, I think, to kind of do well. And the Titans are one of the best offenses in the NFL, and they kind of started hot last week, but to shut down, shut them down in the second half. What I saw, Derrick Henry didn't do anything. AJ Brown didn't do anything. Ryan Tannehill couldn't do anything on play action. That's kind of his bread and butter. Uh, so that defense is legit. Uh, and then if if the if the Colts could figure out their their running attack, I know they keep going from Jonathan Taylor to to Hines, uh, to Wilkins. If they kind of keep feeding the hot hand and, and, and make guys like Michael Pittman kind of flourish in the second half of the season and T.Y. Hilton gets gets healthy, uh, that could be a, a dangerous team. But it, it goes back to Philip Burbs. I'm, I'm just not ready to kind of, you know, be sold on them. Maybe that's why I kind of forgot them earlier when we were talking about, you know, the Steelers and the, and the Chiefs. But if Phil could figure it out, and he did okay last week, uh, I think they'll, they'll be a serious contender because, it, it, but I just seen Phil too many times to know that when it, when the game is close and he wants to make a make a play, he forces it sometimes. But maybe it could be different. I don't know. Yeah. Well, hey, the same way you feel about uh, J.K. Dobbins is how I feel about Jonathan Taylor on my fantasy team. <laughs> he yeah, he came up big early in the season. Would always um, do something, give me at least twelve points or something like that. But now I'm lucky if I even get five. So I might be the end of my fantasy season with that. Um, let me get your impressions of Sam Darnold. So I feel like I feel like I'm the only one that ever has anything negative to say about Sam Darnold. Like I understand his situation. Adam Gase isn't well a good coach. Let's just put it let's just put it that way lightly. Um, he doesn't have a lot to work with. But when I look at it, I see one of the reasons why the Jets have been 0 and 8 or if they struggled the past couple of years is because of Sam Darnold. What do you say? 
Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, with, with Sam Darnold, he also has kind of a turnover problem. And he, you know, he kind of reminds me of Jameis Winston. Like, he, he could really push the ball down the field, big body, you know, not too mobile. But he'll, he'll give you those turnovers and, and those head scratching plays. I think now I think about Sam Darnold had that long touchdown on um, Thursday Night Football not too long ago. But it just seems like he's always making some turnovers. Uh, he's taking he takes one step forward and two steps back and you know he's kind of like Daniel Jones also like he, he, these young quarterbacks you know you want them you see flashes of potential but they're not consistent and that's what you want in a young quarterback like right now we're seeing that with Justin Herbert that's why I feel better about him he's more consistent and you saw that with Patrick Mahomes early on uh, Deshaun Watson guys were consistent early they tend to stay stay that way but there's guys that kind of get hot and they kind of fall back and. And I think with Darnold, it's kind of the same thing. And I just don't know where he could be. Maybe he could be as good as Matthew Stafford, but that's not really gotten the Lions too far. He's really talented. But, you know, if you're the Jets and you haven't, if you don't win a game the rest of the year, you're going to have a chance to draft Trevor Lawrence. Are, are you going to give up on Darnold and go to Lawrence? You know, it sounds like everybody's saying, yeah. Uh, so it, it, Darnold could maybe be saved besides somebody else that's not Adam Gaze somewhere else. Maybe it could be the best thing for everybody. Uh, but we saw that with Josh Rosen, Rosen and Kyler Murray it did not work for Rosen. So sometimes we feel like, you know, a guy could do better in a different place and it just doesn't work out. But I think with, with Darnold, uh, you know, I'm kind of like you. There's there's things I don't like, but I just feel like maybe he's in a different place and, and maybe it's not fair to blame everything on Adam Gase. But when you see other guys who are former Adam Gase guys, like Kaden Balazs, the Chargers, and they're, they're kind of flourishing in other places, that could maybe tell you the story that maybe Darnold could do better somewhere else. And at the end of the day, if, if Lawrence is with the Jets and Darnold is somewhere else, maybe that could be the best thing for everybody. Yeah, only only time will tell. Well, uh, I want to thank you for agreeing to talk with me and agreeing to be on my podcast today. Yeah, no problem, Count. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, uh, loved your input. I definitely want to have you on again sometime in the future if I can get you again. Yeah, definitely, man. We're on playoff time, and we'll kind of see if our predictions are kind of right. All right. Sounds good. Cool, man. All right. Thank you.